When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mayor of Easttown. For your awards consideration, Mayor of Easttown, the HBO original limited series starring Emmy Award winners Kate Winslet, Evan Peters, and Julianne Nicholson. The gripping drama series is lauded by IndieWire as an absorbing character drama and an impeccable ensemble cast. Mayor of Easttown is now streaming on HBO Max. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And joining me for the discussion we've all been waiting for, I have one of my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo, and the Editor-in-Chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Are you guys ready to talk about Spider-Man going home again? <laughs> Spider-Man, no way this is going to live up to expectations. Yeah. Yeah. But, but maybe it does. Maybe it does. After literally more than a year of rumors and speculation, we can finally talk about the film that's dominated social media, Spider-Man No Way Home. We've seen it. We've had the time to digest it. And trust us, it's a heavy meal. Needs some time to work its way through your body. And now we're going to let it come out the other end. Um, <laughs> okay, maybe that's Whoa. too far. Basically, we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home and tell you folks what we think. Um, and just a warning, as we always do for this type of movie, we're going to begin with discussion with some strictly non-spoiler talk where we go over the general thoughts on the film, whether or not we recommend it, stuff like that. Then after that, I'll warn you before we move into the spoilery goodness. And let's be real, you've probably already seen the movie if you're listening to this and you want to hear us talk about all the spidery details, but just in case, we're going to warn you. And before we dive deep into what Tom Holland called the Avengers Endgame of Spider-Man movies, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Also, I got to say, I'm honored to have both halves of the Yellow Centers podcast joining me tonight. I'm assuming you guys have more cowboy talk coming up. Oh, so much cowboying. I, actually, I really do have some, some good stuff coming up. We got Tim McGraw coming on there. We got uh, other guests from 1883, all kinds of good Yellow Stoner stuff. Cool, cool. So, so take that. Yeah, if you like Montana and, and Cowboys, then listen to Yellowstoners every week. Or, uh, you know, Texas, because that's where 1883 starts out. So, Oh, does it, it really? Yeah. So, so it lies. Well, I guess technically it's not called Yellowstone. It's just 1883. Are you guys right? doing an ad here for like another podcast? We're just talking about Yellowstoners, trying to get people to listen. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I know it's your secret little, you know, well, you don't like the word guilty pleasure, so I won't say that, but... You know, it's just it's a actually it's it's actually pretty good unlike maybe some of the things we're going to talk about tonight oh, <laughs> oh wow oh, boy. okay all right so let's let's segue into this movie but before i i throw it to your thoughts here i'm going to set the stage for those people who've been living under a rock spider-man no way home is the end of the homecoming trilogy of spider-man movies which is produced under a partnership between marvel studios and sony pictures the film follows the story of peter parker who just found out the mysterio revealed his secret to the world that he's in fact spider-man so not only does Peter Parker have to deal with the sudden fame and, and infamy, I guess, of being a vig vigilante superhero, he also has to deal with the ramifications of this news and how it screws up the lives of everyone around him. 
enter Doctor Strange, the wizard from the Avengers. And Peter asks him to cast a spell to have the world forget he's Spider-Man. And then you've seen the trailer, all hell breaks loose and the multiverse opens up. That's the general gist. So let's start with non-spoiler talk. I want to start with Mike because mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to at least have some positivity at the beginning. <laughs> um, so how would and you, you sum- saw me just smiling next to you during the screening the whole yes, time. Yeah. So. so how would you sum up your feelings on the film, Mike? Uh, well, I mean, get, just going into it, this movie had one hell of a needle to thread with like sky high expectations, not just mine, but everybody's and, you know, continuing the story laid out in homecoming and far from home in a organic way and just not collapsing under the weight of everything that is in this movie. And I think it really accomplishes it Uh, on one level. It's, it's a really, great journey for the MCU established Peter Parker uh, slash Tom Holland that, you know, it's, it's just moves towards finally being the fully realized version of Spider-Man that, that we know and love. Uh, But also, you know, it's just a good story in general. And like all great Spider-Man stories, it's, it's Peter backed into a corner and having to fight and think his way out. Um, And it works well, mostly because, above everything else the movie has going on uh there's a ton going on in it but the the heart of it remains peter mj and ned like the the trinity of of friends that have been in it since the beginning and it's their journey that makes us care and luckily the film never really loses sight of that there's definitely some indulgences here and there (laughs) um but you know then it gives us you know the closest thing we've seen to a sinister six movie yeah, and, right. and it, it does all the villains that we yeah. all know. And, and that's not a spoiler. This is, I know, the, I, know. The, the, just, I just want to carefully navigate this before we get. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's seen the, the, the trailer with all the villains. So they, they know there's at least a lot of villains in it and it doesn't shortchange them. They all have motivation and agency. Uh, and then it also ups the action and the stakes in really as- interesting ways. Um, and, and some that diverge from like traditional Spider-Man canon in, in, interesting ways as well um my only complaint uh within the story is uh pretty much one word and that's magic um Mm. i I wish magic wasn't the center of a a lot of the things in this movie like cumberbatch is is great dr strange is great he's really entertaining but the writers tend to lean on magic as a crutch for all the problems they didn't necessarily want to figure out or, you know, flesh out more competently. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree and, with that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but even with that, everything around that is really solid. So, uh, and that's just the stuff I can talk about openly. It's really well paced. Um, it's emotional. It's exciting for two and a half hours. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that we haven't seen in a Spider-Man film before. And, and most importantly, the best sign of it is that I immediately want to see what comes next. And I immediately wanted to watch that movie over again. So that's, yeah. that's a good thing for me. Okay. Rodrigo, hit us with it. It's hard to discuss without like talking about the whole bigger picture. And since we're not doing spoilers, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, I mean, I, I'll agree that like Dr. Strange is, uh, so 
unnecessary. He is nothing more than a plot device in this movie. Yes. Um, he shows up and he does a thing so uh, other people can show up. And then, and then uh, I can't even talk about it, but it's like, it's like, he's just useless. He's not. And, and so then like when you, okay, uh, let me back up a little bit. I will say overall, I kind of enjoy some stuff in this movie, but when I think about it for a second and look at the construction of it, I think the construction of it actually is very weak. And a lot of it has to do with this sort of like, I feel like it is fundamentally flawed in a way that that hard for me to enjoy because like, I think the premise is like, okay, you know, his identity is, is revealed to the world and it causes a lot of uh, uh, anguish and heartache and, and pain for him and, and more importantly, everybody else. And, and Peter wants to solve this more for everybody else than for himself, which feels like a very, um, a very Peter Parker, or at least this Peter Parker, it feels very like, yes, that's, that's him. All this stuff is really interesting. And then basically he's like, how do I fix this? And he thinks of Dr. Strange. And it's like, almost like, I feel like in the multiverse version of this, I wish it would have taken a completely different turn and didn't have Dr. Strange in it. Like it, it goes wrong from there for me. And, and it goes down a whole path and then, yes, it goes down that path and there's some fun stuff in there and there's some, some enjoyable stuff, but I feel like it's a fundamentally bad decision and it leads to like a lot of bad stuff. It leads to like uh, this uh, kind of uh, legacy. It, it becomes like, let's celebrate Sony and what Sony has achieved. It feels, doesn't feel like an organic, yes, they, they weave in some other stuff later on about, who Peter Parker is and they sort of weave it is his, his origin story back into it like three movies later rather than they avoided it but the MCU created the Spider-Man that was completely different and basically rejected all the Sony stuff and in doing so was really original because it didn't it really bypassed all this stuff that was Spider-Man like and created a spider hero that was still very similar in the spirit of everything but just innovative and fresh and different and this movie like it says remember all that we did in two movies before that we're gonna just renege on all of that and and it, to me it's super like the best word for this movie is regressive it's supposed to be a celebration of of the past and it becomes regressive and yes if you can get past that it's really enjoyable or at least there's some parts that are enjoyable even stuff like you know if spider that, that's in the trailer like spider-man versus dr strange stuff can be fun uh in theory a lot of this stuff is fun but in practice like it's just it's i find it so aggressive it's so three steps backwards and then it goes really three steps backwards and just super digging into like the sony kind of masturbatory celebration of the past it feels like i'm watching the 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 old films and i'm not watching this new mcu spider-man this this kid that i really got into and they bring back obviously you've seen some of the villains in the trailer and it and it just feels like oh so you're not interested in really moving the character forward or doing something different with it you're just interested in like Let's celebrate Avi Arad and Sony Pascal and everything we achieved and sort of pat ourselves in the back and indulge in it. And on some levels, yes, okay, you can enjoy it. But on, on some of those levels, it's just, to me, incredibly disappointing the choices that they made. 
in doing all this stuff. Like they, like for better or worse, they created this very different Spider-Man, very new, again, fresh, innovative, forgetting all this stuff. And then they just, they just bag on all of it and not a huge spoiler, but by the end, you're almost, it's almost like you've, they've reset everything to the point that you're back in Sam Raimi's, uh, uh, Spider-Man verse in a way and it's like I'm like what like why did you just abandon everything that you guys had set up and, and to that end this movie feels so much like a Sony film rather than an MCU film and that's a big disappointment for me even though some of it can be enjoyable and even though there are some really good emotional moments in it and there's some cool stuff it, I just feel fundamentally it's a really bad choice okay so Rodrigo I'm getting word that Ridley Scott has something to say to you <laughs> you ready? You got a queued up. Uh, uh, fuck you, fuck you. Thank you very much. Fuck you. Fuck you. There you go. Um, thank you, that, thank you, Ridley. Uh, thank you, uh, Ridley. Actually, I'm pretty sure he would have given him a hug at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think he would. I think Ridley Scott would totally agree with me. Yeah. Sadly, he's a bit of a curmudgeon as well. Um, <laughs> I, I am. So on the opposite end of everything that Rodrigo just said, um, we, we can't get into spoilers in, for a little bit, but we will eventually. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think this is not only a good Spider-Man movie. I think it's the best of the Homecoming trilogy. I Same. think I think it's the best that we've seen Tom Holland as the character. Um, I think it's the best of the Spider-Man as a teenager that we've gotten so far. Um, this just felt really like it, for as much as Dr. Strange is part of this movie and the MCU is a part of this movie. Um, you can't get past like uh, the little Easter eggs that are throughout. Uh, this felt like a Spider-Man movie. Um, Homecoming felt like Spider-Man teams up with Iron Man uh, far from home. You know, you've got scrolls and you've got, you know, um, shield and all that. This felt like, okay, yeah, Dr. Strange is there. But this is Spider-Man's story, finally. Um, and, and that was a welcome thing for me. I, I really enjoyed that. I think uh, it juggled all the characters really well, too. It is two and a half hours, and there are moments where it does feel a little long. Um, but it, it does start strong and then end very strong in my eyes, which is always good. And uh, without getting into spoilers, I think Rodrigo's wrong. Um, I think the... <laughs> The MCU-ness was toned down in this movie and to good effect. I would say that if you come into this expecting like an Avengers movie, you're going to be sadly mistaken. There are a lot of Sony nods and I think it's, I think it's good. I think it works. And yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed it. Mike, you said this is also your favorite of the homecoming trilogy, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's early to 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 rank everything, but right now into the Spider Verse is the only thing above it for me. Right, and then Rodrigo, if you had to rank, is this number three in the Homecoming trilogy for you? Yeah, I mean I didn't necessarily love the first Spider Man, but uh, I've come to to like it a little bit better than I, the, you know, Spider Man Homecoming, and um, and I completely disagree in that. Like if you compare Iron Man's role 
uh, versus uh, Doctor Strange's roles. Doctor Strange's role is completely just a plot device to get the thing going, whereas Iron Man's role, which is probably just as small, is actually there to fulfill a, like a narrative emotional element of whether this character is, is worthy of, of, you know, there's the, essentially the, the whole theme of, of, of homecoming, which at least, and, and again, like, it seems that I don't feel like, I'm not sure what the, what that's supposed to be in this one, but that one was like, you know, like if you're not, if you're not the, the hero without the, the, the costume, the suit, then, then you're nothing, you know, like the suit shouldn't have to be, define you. You, you should, you should, you should, you're either a hero or you're not. And, and that's sort of the, the big sort of overarching thing of that one. Um, and, and so his role is, is, is completely, um, paramount to that small part in in in, in homecoming is paramount to with it whereas this strange is just there to open a door for him essentially and then it like you know gets locked out or whatever it, like it's in that sense I, I i completely disagree that that well i was gonna say i think that where you see that as a negative i see that as a positive i think tony stark in the first homecoming movie i would okay i'll say this you look at Civil War, you look at the Avengers movies, you look at the two previous Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man arguably isn't the star of any of those movies. Um, and that's- I totally disagree. I, I don't totally think, I, I think that, I think Homecoming is really like every, every 10, 15 minutes, make sure we have a Happy Hogan or a Tony Stark appearance. Um, no, I totally, I totally disagree in the same way that Civil War is absolutely a Captain America movie because I'm a movie, even though there's, tons and tons of characters i agree it's 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 the, the the emotional story the emotional journey of, of steve rogers in that movie and exactly how the two spider-man movies are before that no matter how much scrolls or nick fury or all this stuff are in that those movies are, are the emotional journeys of peter parker um well so and, i would i would so. argue that that's i would say that those are tony stark movies if you look at the motivations of vulture no. in homecoming it's because tony stark screwed him over if you look at the motivation of mysterio in far from home it's because tony stark screwed him over none of it has to do with spider-man this is the first of the three in the trilogy that actually everything has to do with spider-man that's what i enjoyed about this um and that's what i mean i don't if you look at screen time sure there it's not that mcu heavy but spider-man felt like a cog in a big machine whereas in this he's he's the machine and and that's what i enjoy Fair enough, I guess. I totally, I still disagree, but okay. yeah, I, 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 I like the, to me, the villain motivation doesn't really necessarily matter because it crosses over with him and that's all that matters. But I, but I see your point. Okay. Mike, any last thoughts before we move to spoilers? Cause we were dancing harder on some spoilers here. Yeah. For the love of God, get to spoilers. Okay. <laughs> okay. So with, with that out of the way, let's take a moment to warn people again, that after a quick pause, we're going to dive into spoiler talk. And yes, we're going to talk about all the spoilers. So you've been warned. You're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. Okay, so this is officially the spoiler section of the podcast. Again, you've been warned. We're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home in detail. So who do you feel worst for? Tom Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield? Mike, you go first. Who do you feel worse for? Yeah. These guys had to lie for months. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. You mean Andrew Garfield through two publicity tours? Yes. No, I feel terrible for for 
Andrew in particular, just because he was exhausted by these questions. Tom, you have to expect it. He is Spider-Man in the modern Spider-Man movies, but Andrew just got pelted every single interview he did. Um, I mean, they were throwing like photograph evidence at him and he had to like wave it off. Yeah. Poor Poor guy. guy. And, and Toby and Toby, who doesn't act anymore, which sort of shows in the movie. Hey, uh, I disagree uh, there. He 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 uh, he was lucky he didn't have to field anything because he hasn't shown up in a movie in about 10 years. And it kind of shows with his wide eye, like, what am I doing in this thing? <laughs> well, that was kind of always his Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, and and I will say I don't love Toby Maguire in those Spider-Man movies. He's my least favorite Spider-Man. Uh, just because of his, you know, the choices he makes and like, the, I don't like the raminess and the campiness. Um, but in this one, he actually felt like he relaxed a little into being uh, um, the elder statesman. Uh, yes. And he's no longer the cheek golly willikers kind of Spider-Man <laughs> that and we were talking about this after the the screening as well, Charles. Uh, he he feels like, uh, you know, uh natural in this role finally yeah it kind, totally, it, it kind totally of fits disagree. as well really <laughs> i totally disagree and thinking completely sticks out as a sore thumb and as someone who just like quickly watched like uh, my, my kids and i because my kids haven't seen it yet and i'm gearing i'm gearing them up to see it so we quickly like watched a little bit of spider-man 2 and 3 tonight just like what zipping through because i want them just to remember like everything and like you know and we even watched a little bit of the, the garfield spider-man's just uh to re- remind them who these characters <laughs> yeah. are and all this stuff. Because I heard Garfield see- Spider Man. I'm like, is that like an animated movie? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like lasagna. <laughs> you know, and, you're like, and- you're like, don't worry about why I'm showing you these movies. It has nothing to do with Spider Man No Way Home. I promise. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Toby actually like totally works in those movies because he's 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 uh, even just in these quick little scenes like they're heightened, they're different, you know, they're, they're rainy. So he's perfect for those movies in those movies. And I'm not a huge, like super huge fan of them or anything. Like I'm, I've never been, I never thought they were super amazing or anything, but he works fine for what they are in this. He's just sort of still sticks out as a, as a, as a sore thumb to me. See, and I just ugh. didn't get that vibe at all. Man. I, I think it's on purpose. I think that they, instead of having them all act like Peter Parker, which would have been annoying, having you know this like three person echo they you have do in a scene (laughs) i know they did the one scene the joke of it that's fine but you have tom holland who's the young kid peter parker right the the wide-eyed sort of like you know the world is my oyster not jaded yet then you have andrew garfield who's like middle late 20s spider-man you know who's who's all about saving people doesn't have time for personal life and you know is kind of he feels like the uh the odd man out and you know, hasn't been to space. Still the very emotional Peter Parker. Very emotional uh, yeah, Peter, for yeah. sure. And then you had Toby, who I felt like he was looking at these two as like, oh, isn't this cute? These these young Spider-Men, you know? You know, I'm, I'm married, presumably. Um, you know, I've been through some issues. This is all pretty chill to me. I'll go save the world, but, you know, I'm not going to not going to break a sweat over it. You know, it's Youth like a Pastor Tuesday. Spider-Man. Youth I Pastor is what he's called. So can you, someone in God's name, tell me how the spell of forgetfulness <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is all of a sudden becomes a multiverse thing like what in the fuck so is I, that about i i will say this the magic is the weakest part because it is a, yeah. a true plot device there's no way around it um i did like that they actually do the the trailer makes it seem like you know he goes oh shit everybody knows i'm spider-man i'll go talk to dr strange 
but it's more than that. You know, I, I did like that. It's a bit more nuanced. Like he thinks like, oh my God, my friends can't get into MIT. You know, my yeah, life's it's all ruined. about it's, it's all about them. Which yeah. Is which, cool. which I like. Which and I, then, and then yeah. when he cast the spell, I really enjoyed the visualization of it, how it's like, you saw all the layers every single time that Tom Holland interrupted him. And yes. then, um, but yeah, it was a logical leap from, I'm going to make this happen to, Oh, so the spell backfired. Now everybody from every universe who knows that Peter Parker Spider Man's coming over. Um, yes, and that, that is yeah, kind of flawed, and it also just kind of underscores to me how it was just like the, the okay. So the other thing is like I learned this about this after the fact, but you know, in those Sony leaks from way back when, yeah, from like so that was this was something that was on uh, uh, Amy Pascal's mind for years that she wanted to do. Like this was part of their plan when they were gonna when they were negotiating back in like 2014 or whatever uh, with uh, Marvel about potentially bringing uh, Spider-Man over, which they did. That was one of her ideas, like to do a big crescendo like this. So it, that's the part of the problem to me. It all feels like it's always it's just written and geared to do that, and it doesn't feel that organic. And then you and 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 so you have all these clunky elements to get you there. You know what I mean? It was like, it just feels like they just wanted to do, let's just do this big legacy thing. And and that's just my whole cynical part of it too, that just, uh, it's hard for me to enjoy because it's just like, it's so let's, uh, let's just get all the Spider-Man back and get all the Sony villains and, and self-filate ourselves. And, and, yeah. and, and it doesn't, I mean, yes, there's some enjoyable parts there for sure, but Ah oh, man, I would have really loved to see what Marvel would have done without having to like acquiesce to to Sony. This, this, I mean, maybe that's not exactly how it happened, yeah. but that, that's how it, that's how it feels to me. Yeah, you see cash grab, and I get that. Yeah. I think that yeah. the, yeah. the cash grab totally. is written all over this. But yeah. you could say the same about like Avengers Endgame, though, right? Like I all feel, those I movies like were leading these... up to the last forty-five minutes of Avengers Endgame. Yeah, but you know what? It was like 10, 20 year plan of sowing the seeds to death, where this is like well, this is 20 years of movies. This is 20 years of history. But it wasn't all uh, building no, up to that. That's it's, for sure. It's all but it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not orchestrated. It's not to building up this thing. It's this stupid spell thing that they figured out. They went from like, how do we get to this in one movie rather than how you can't compare it to Endgame or Infinity War at all because there was like 20 movies that set up those things. Like yeah. it's you this is, doesn't set up, there's none of the, not even the uh, previous two Spider-Man set, set this up. This is a, a just a fast forward to like a cash grab. And yeah. that's the part of it that makes it's like ugh, it's hard for me to enjoy on some levels because of that. And it's like people there's so much of like, oh my god, wow, I'm seeing these guys in the same movie and stuff and it's like ugh, it's just kind of awkward. Like <laughs> like Peter Parker is like old now and like who's like they even make the youth pastor joke thing which is funny but also very true it's like what is this old dude doing in here like and who's this other emo kid and i do like how tom or how uh toby just kind of walks through the portal and's like uh, uh hi <laughs> and they're like uh who are you like at least with andrew they had him in costume mm-hmm. um i think uh i i'm gonna get nerdy for a second here rodrigo i'm sorry i think that in the comics, there is a precedent for this sort of thing. Um, it's not a good precedent, but there is precedent for Peter Parker's quick, easy out to go to some magic person, make a deal, and it goes horribly wrong. 
Um, it, it happened when he was trying to bring Aunt May back to life in the comics, and it ended up like erasing his history with Mary Jane. There's all kinds of things like that. So in that respect, I think it, it kind of fits with the character. But I do, I mean, there's no way around it. If you go into this movie and you think like, this is clearly Sony trying to make $2 billion by combining yeah. 20 years of yeah. stuff, then you'll see it that way. I mean, of course, right? But also, I, I went into this movie thinking like, okay, that's a given, right? Like even before you know that Toby and Andrew come back, you know that the villains do come back and there's multiversal stuff and it's, you know, all Dr. Strangey, but it's still a solid story. And once you get past that moment when the multiverse cracks open, from there, I think it all works. You start to see, because Dr. Strange, like you said, literally gets locked away and he's gone for, you know, three quarters of the movie. God, that's just so like, and and not only that, like the way all that happens, like Doctor Strange, not not only is he a stupid plot device in this movie, they make the character an asshat who gets his ass handed to him over and over again in a way that would never happen to him simply so the plot can move forward. It is yeah. so bad what they do to him. Doctor Strange was like went from a character that I was not interested in, and by the end of the time in his MCU, he was awesome. He was so great, and they just turn him into a joke into this, and it's like I don't care because it's not his movie but i care because i care about writing and i care when something doesn't feel like organic it's like he's not this is not dr strange this is not the person that you have presented to me in three four different movies now and now you're telling me all of a sudden he's like oh i messed up this smell all of a sudden my, my, i used to be like the, the 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 guy who fucking saved the entire universe because he had this gigantic plan that he knew iron man would figure out and 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 the long end game was his you know what i mean and now he's the clown who gets his butt kicked like mm. just so the plot can move forward i see through that and i don't like that i don't like writing like that and i just like it's it's those kinds of things that um prevent me from fully engaging and enjoying something you know what i mean you didn't see that kind of writing in 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 in, in endgame or or in infinity war or 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 even civil war like these things are a little bit more i don't know so i just it's a lot of stuff and then I mean, I'm not a huge fan of multiverse concepts in, in general. It gets messy and it gets clunky. And when you have writing like this, it introduces it in a way that's pretty clumsy. Like it just, it starts to all, ugh, I don't know. Like uh, I, I can get to some good stuff too, but like uh, the, <laughs> well, this is like. Here, let's, let's, let's move from the multiverse part of it because that's what, 30 minutes into the movie that happens. Oh, before we get past the multiverse stuff, Matt Murdock shows up. What hey, do you think about that? I think Mike's way, Mike, what just said is kind of perfect. It, that's, <laughs> it's, that's what the scene is. It's a, hey, oh. <laughs> are, are we happy? Is this, if this is all we get, are we okay with it? It won't be all we get. Oh, it's definitely not all we get. Okay. Yeah. But right. it, but it, it is kind of a, I don't know, the, the hey, oh, kind of puts it perfectly because it's kind of dumb and enjoyable at the same time. Yeah. He catches exactly. a brick for God's sake. He's, yeah, a really good he's that good of a lawyer. Yeah, um, that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe that's kind of like how I feel about the movie in general. How there's a lot of stuff that's like dumb but kind of enjoyable. Yeah. Um, okay, so so the multiverse opens up. We start to get all the villains. Um, did any of the villains stand out for you guys? For me, I think Goblin gets the most love. Yeah. Um, but does anybody else you think got shortchanged or or really uh, looked good? I mean, villains. the Raimi villains shined uh, brighter than the Amazing Spider-Man villains, 
Yeah. Um, More lizard than I thought we were going to get. Yeah, the lizard actually got more than I thought he would. And and Jamie Foxx wasn't completely uh, awful like he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I I was like, hey, pleasantly surprised on both counts. (laughs) (laughs) Rodrigo, any thoughts on the villains? Um, I thought Octavius was the best. Yeah. Um, I thought he was really interesting and he had a good emotional arc and he that him turning back into the original person who he was, was which was a, uh, a well-intentioned good man, I thought was really interesting. Um, I thought in totally in general, like that character came off as the best and the most interesting because he he changed. He was the only one that changed in, in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else is basically exactly the same, except for Jamie Foxx, who I wouldn't say was changed he was he the character didn't change although i guess it did i mean that's the other thing about this movie is it's like and multiverse stuff it's like just this convenient bullshit to like (laughs) he's just a he's just a completely everybody's like okay so the 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 writing of this is that like okay so if you're gonna go with the writing and you're gonna you're gonna go with this concept it's like the multiverse brings back these same people and they are exactly the same people who they were which I was Except shocked for, about, by the way. Right. Yeah, I thought so, they'd be so, different versions. So they're yeah. all the, the same characters, except for Jamie Foxx. No, he is. Conven- he is. He just, he was changed by the energy, I think is the best. He kind said of- it was a different type of energy yeah. and it cured his blueness. Yeah, that, that's, that's really good. No, <laughs> that, that was, I, I, I really buy that. And yeah, I, no, uh, I think that like, was the, the weakest explanation, but I did like that they made his character much more devious because um, he was such right, a dork. All of a sudden, he, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. It's like they basically, uh, it's like you need to be consistent, right? And they're not like they, everyone's the same except for him because they decide in the writer's room that. Well, we hated this character actually, and so did Jamie Foxx. So we'll bring him back, but we'll make it totally different, even though it changes the rules of everything we just set up. So annoying, you know. And I, <laughs> I and know. so I don't, I don't like. Would Jamie you Fox rather they brought the exact yeah. character? I didn't I mean, want Blue Electro I back. I didn't I, want that. <laughs> I, no, I considered but, it but, like a but, greatest but, hits but, album. But you, you, you take the you, good and you forget the bad. <laughs> back to life yeah i I guess it's just like you're like set something up stick to it so i don't know i thought jamie fox was i don't know it's just so then it just becomes like it's this you can kind of do whatever the hell you want in the multiverse and change all these things and so then nothing matters you know, yeah. nothing. These guys can come back next week, and they'll, oh, it's like, oh, they actually, the, whoever, which one of them died, or whoever didn't, nothing, nothing changes. Anything can come back. We could go redo this next week if we wanted the whole thing. It's like multiverse gets very touch and go with like nothing matters because there's no stakes, and everything yeah. can be reversed, and everything can be changed. That's why time travel is also another terrible device in comic book movies because it sta- it robs the stakes of everything. So you have to be incredibly careful when you do these things other otherwise you know you hurt the overall can we agree that jamie fox coming back is great because of the his line about the black spider-man <laughs> where he th- where he thought spider-man was black the whole time and he yeah. was bummed that there isn't a black spider-man i thought that was funny <laughs> I, I was entertained I, that as well i think so again like that line on its own is funny but it's also craven because it's just a line to introduce that miles morales is coming at some point 
Well, and it, I, I think it's like it goes again. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that over. I mean, yes, obviously, it's it's a reference. Come on, the, the, my crowd started cheering when they heard that. <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's that's why it's cheerworthy because not only is he right that when you think about it on paper, Spider Man probably everybody would think he's a black guy, but also there is a great you know black Spider Man that just hasn't been introduced yet. You know, I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm okay with the the here comes this yeah. character of it all. It would have uh, been different if he was like, man, if only there was a spider named named Miles or something. You know, like <laughs> that would have been like okay. But you know, I was fun. miles away it's from the being same, It's the same thing. Okay. You know it. All right. So one other thing. Um, we're talking about the villains here. The reason I liked Green Goblin so much is I think Willem Dafoe um got to play crazy pretty well in Rainy, but it was like cartoonish crazy and i think in this one it was like scary crazy like this is the scary goblin that i think uh fans were hoping for and i i enjoyed the action scene in the condo where goblins just like throwing around tom holland uh and it's pretty great uh rodrigo we talked offline a little bit you did not like the action so much in this movie right Uh, I guess it's fine, I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Action always to me is like, it's got to have, it's the action is always improved and uh, made better by the emotional parts of the story. So if that's not there, then action becomes really hollow. To me, action is just like, should be in service of the story. And, and it just becomes, when the movie's really great and the action's good, the action becomes even that much better. Yeah. Well, so I think that the, I, I guess this comes down to the fundamental difference between you and me and, and Mike when talking yeah. about this movie. I think the, the emotions are all there because it culminates in the dun, 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 death of Aunt May, yeah. um, which we are now, Rodrigo, you hinted about this in the non-spoiler section. They did the origin, but we come to find out there is no Uncle Ben. It was Aunt May all along. Mm-hmm. And what do we think about that? Does, that? does that work for you, the lack of Uncle Ben in the MCU? I don't care at all. I think it's totally fine. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't, I, I don't need Uncle Ben. I don't need. I don't need anything to be the way it's quote unquote supposed to be. Um, this is supposed to be a new story, a different Spider-Man. So I'm totally fine with that, and I'm okay with the uh, concept of them backdooring the origin, how they do, um, and the death of Aunt May is the best part of this movie. It crescendos in a terrific emotional moment, and it. In fact, the, that moment is so perfect. And so I was like, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit, this movie just turned on. I was like, it just came to life. I was like, my God. I was like, I'm wrong about this. The, this, the, <laughs> we just, we just hurt. We just hurt, hit a turning point and my heart turned and I was like, holy shit. Okay, we're on now. Great. Make but sure then, you isolate that point where he said, I'm wrong about this and put it in different parts of this podcast. Yeah, you have to take it out of, take it out of context just to just throw it in, uh, I, throw it in everywhere. I um, wish we but, would have had a camera on Rodrigo during the screening because he would have been like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go, here we go. And then Youth Pastor Spider-Man is like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns into, then it's not all that interested in that so much. I mean, it is, but it's not, it's just a, kind of like you know they sort of we gotta dust yourself off peter and and it's you know, the, the spider boys I, we've all been through it like it also just reminds me so much of uh uh 
you know that after that that part of the movie um it's so just like live action into the spider-verse and into the spider-verse is just a thousand times better so them repeating that when it just happened like two years ago or whatever and it's just like i mean that movie is just so good and like kind of a perfect movie on every level um and nails um you know the spirit of spider-man and everything and and as again i'm not a huge i've never been a huge spider-man guy but that movie is just so perfect and to to see them try and redo it lesser in a way and and repetitive again regressive just like uh and i mean the other thing i also didn't like about somewhat about the aunt may thing is that they all of a sudden uh, her death in the moment is great but they kind of changed the character conveniently for this movie to conveniently get to that origin story. How do you figure? Um, Because she was never been the uncle Ben character. She's now all of a sudden in this movie, she takes on this kind of moralistic, like, no, this is not who we are. This is not what we do. And she's never been like that. Again, that's not the character you presented in two movies previously. She was the opposite. She was super chill. She was the super chill, cool aunt. But doesn't she run like a nonprofit? I mean, like, I I think now she does in this movie. No, 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 no. Beginning of Far From Home, she introduces Spider-Man as part of a charity event. Okay, I I guess. But yeah, no, I, 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 that's just one small little thing that doesn't really connect. And all of a sudden she's like, she's playing an Uncle Ben character and she's saying these things that all of a sudden like, oh my God, you're right. Like, you know, like she's saying all these like, uncle ben like lines that she's never espoused before in the past and never had any kind of sentiment of that and they kind of change her for this just for the sake of again it's like what i always loved about the mcu um is how they take um the characters from the past and they create new things going forward based on things that have happened to them and happened to them emotionally like like uh, just briefly like everything that happens to thor like all the hardship and horrible things that happened to him, they just keep building up over movies from movie two, three, Infinity War, Endgame. There's a logical conclusion. You may not like what happens to him, but there's a total emotional logical conclusion from where he is at the beginning of, of, of like after, you know, the death of his father, his mother, Loki, all this. It's all these like, or it's very organically. Where do we take them? So we take it emotionally and we take it to a logical conclusion, you know, or a comedic conclusion like they do in Endgame. And I don't think they're doing this at all in this movie. And it, it, uh, it, it bugs me because it's so, the things that I like about them. So I agree that, that Aunt May kind of feels out of place in this movie. And I think the problem is, um, I think it's far from home's fault. I think far from home setting it so far away from New York and right, having, she, wasn't in it. she just wasn't in it. Yeah. Right. And, and none of that. And, and the, the teenager superhero-y, you know, I'm just in friendly neighborhood Spider-Man was completely thrown out the window because he's like in Paris and, you know, all these other places. And it just, it, it, yeah, he's got shield there and, and scrolls and Mysterio. I think that that's more of a, a, a symptom of far from home, kind of dropping the ball emotionally there. And then them trying to kind of rush to the finish line in this. Um, I think the Aunt May death is great. Um, not that they killed Marissa Tomei, but that, you know, I think it's, I think it, it works. Um, I like that it's uh, the goblin who does it. And I enjoy the with great power comes great responsibility. Um, I, I thought maybe because you could see it coming a mile away. But I thought maybe it would ring hollow, but it, it works for me. And uh, yeah, I you know, I honestly, <laughs> I know this is weird. I thought we were going to get an Uncle Ben flashback 
right around then. And they were just going to mm. throw in like Brad Pitt as Uncle Ben just to fuck with us. <laughs> but I'm so glad they didn't do that. Um, and they just yeah. let Aunt May kind of be the the single mom figure for him. Well, yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, ultimately, she is she's his parent. And yeah. you don't always get the stuff right. You, you, sometimes you want to be the bubbly parent. And sometimes you have to sit down when you realize that this person is on the wrong track and try and smack some sense into him. And I don't, it doesn't bump up against me that she's suddenly doing that in this film. She's stepping up in and doing what she's supposed to I, do. I totally get that. But what is she, where is Peter falling off the track? I mean, I, I, in some ways I think he falls off the track all over this movie, but where is yeah. it that May sees that? Like, I, like, I just, it doesn't, just doesn't feel great for me well, so there's the thing where I, this is where you kind of either buy the movie or you don't after the multiversal stuff if you can get past that then comes the bombshell that peter parker doesn't want to just send these guys back to their death he actually wants to fix them like literally fix them with chemicals mm-hmm. and you know all that shit technology right um, and where does that come from and and that is the that's the cell right like that's what you have to believe because you have to believe that this teenager looks at these guys and is like i'm going to effectively send these guys to a death sentence if I go through with what Dr. Strange wants me to, but I'm this nice kid, I think I can help them because he's right, 17. Right. But, but he's spurned on to that thought from his aunt who says, like, she's well, the one she sees who clues it. I, she says she says a line to him that essentially completely transforms his whole, like he's basically down to send them back. And then she says something like, you know, like you can't do that. Like, it's like not ethical. Like he, she becomes again, that uncle ben sort of thing and and that gets into his gets sort of like you know just sort of like uh uh burrows into his brain and he's like oh shit you're right you know you can't do that and she's like mm. we're we're not those people he wrestled you know, with it more than that he he wrestled with it for a lot of the movie like he, was back he does because then he starts to he starts to realize like maybe i because it starts to affect other people you know and, and that's when it gets to him is when he makes all these selfish choices without Mary Jean or MJ says it in the movie where she's like, you got to like talk to us first, man. And, and he does, he does make these like choices where he's like, no, I'm not going to send these guys back or no, I'm going to go to Dr. Strange. You know, he does all these impulsive things. I think Aunt May, I think it works really well because Norman Osborne, Willem Dafoe comes to her as Norman, not as Goblin and says, right, you know, like, right. I don't know why I'm here. This is not my world, you know, hints at oscorp not existing and who knows what happened to harry blah 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 and i think may being you know the nice woman that she is says like these guys aren't evil they or they're flawed and that's kind of what always has been this the thing that separates spider-man's villains from like batman's villains right is that these are guys who are are villains by circumstance not by like hatred or evilness they're mostly you know something happens to them similar in the way that it happens to spider-man except they zigged he zagged right they talk about that in the movie right and so like that's what that's i think it all makes sense but you have to believe that he's willing to move mountains to fix these guys and and risk you know everything and it ends up blowing up in his face and costing it mayor life okay so that's part of the problem because it like it feels like okay so it's built from a place of empathy right which that's a sound place for any kind of motivation, right? So it's like the empathy that like for these people and then the circumstances they've been through, great. But again, it's sort of like the the, the journey to getting there is is a little bit clunky because again, May sort of fast forwarded to like moral super empathy person all of a sudden. And that sort of supercharges Peter to get to like a sort of new level of like responsibility and empathy. And it just like, it's not as 
organic as it as it quite should be and then in so then it's all these that gets his empathy and then he starts doing this but it's empathy on top of these really reckless crazy like decisions where he starts to like like you know know, basically fights dr strange and like like throws him like traps him away for half the movie like all that didn't feel right to me at all i was like i i i just when they were fighting i was like what he's he's gonna he cares so much about these people that the that these these bad guys and all this stuff that he's gonna like fight and fuck over the guy who he saved the world with like well that's that's the the moral issue right is that he he sees it as i'm sending these guys to their death right or wrong it's me their death is on my hands i know they're gonna die but i can change that so i'm gonna choose to um and dr strange is way more pragmatic saying like well it's fate dude whatever we just got to fix the multiverse um so i think i think them at at odds is is fine um it's also part of the plot device you know (laughs) like we got to get dr strange out of this movie because he's the you know the captain marvel op character which we just have to sideline um but yeah i believe i believed it i did um, I believe the Aunt May stuff. I believe the rage he felt after Aunt May dies. And I think that's what made the team up with the Spider Boys uh, so, <laughs> so good is that it took these guys who have been there to be like the older brother, almost like the Uncle Ben to him and say like, hey, buddy, like we've been there. It never ends well, you know? Um, and yeah. yes, I totally agree. And that uh, and it also brings me right back to that same exact scene in Spider-Verse where they go, yeah. yeah, that's our burden. And that this is what we have to do. And it's like, yeah, I've been there and all that stuff. And again, way better and way better written. And so, you know, I honestly, I do feel kind of bad to keep ragging on this movie. It's not my intention. And, I'm, and I feel like I'm always the guy who yucks people's yum, but I don't really, I, I, it's not a role I actually enjoy. So no. just putting that putting that out there. No, no. And 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 for people listening that think like, oh, Rodrigo was helping on hating this movie beforehand. That wasn't the case. You do enjoy the Marvel movies probably more than you want people to know. Um, so <laughs> oh, you, I, I, I definitely do. This all comes from a place of passion. Well, it's like, I don't like, if I didn't give a shit, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I wouldn't yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I've invested in these characters and, and, and I enjoy this stuff a lot. And that's why kind of when, it's it's really when I d- I dislike them the most when they let me down. You know what I mean? It's because I, I really I do I do care I do care about these things yeah. quite a bit and I enjoy yeah. them quite a lot. And so that's where like you know disappointment stems from. Okay. This was me after the Eternals, guys. This yeah. was me after the Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're but not mad. Eternals. You're just disappointed. But, <laughs> but but with Eternals, like like who cares? Because it's not like you you would live with these characters. Not like you knew them before. Exactly. The movie's yeah. just yeah. bad. So whatever. It's easy to dismiss. You know what I mean? This yeah. is different this is way different to me because this is a character that I've seen. Like, I think this is the sixth time we've seen him on screen or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Tom Holland. And I've come to really, really like this kid. And I like this Spider-Man and like everything they set up and going from at first being like, "Eh, I'm not sure I care to being like, yeah, I totally do. So so know. you don't like where this movie leaves him. So there, there we go. I want to set this up for people because I, I want to make Rodrigo even, even more upset. Um, mm-hmm. This movie ends with one more spell and we know everybody loves magic. And this spell mm. effectively erases Peter Parker um, from everybody. So everybody who ever knew Peter Parker existed suddenly doesn't. The Avengers don't know who he is. Uh, MJ, Ned, none of his friends. Nobody knows who he is. Conveniently, he's already graduated from high school. So that works out. 
but uh yeah so we're we're left with a closing scene where peter parker is like i'm gonna go convince mj that i'm the boy she loves and then he realizes everybody kind of got the happy ending except for him and being peter parker he accepts their their you know happiness and and his own pain and lives with it um but he's then now in his shitty apartment with no college uh, no friends, no girlfriend, no Stark tech, no Avengers to back him up. And he has to sew his own suit and it's a bright blue suit. And it kind of just wipes the slate clean. So Rodrigo, yeah. what do you think of that? I mean, I kind of hated that. I really, <laughs> I, I, really did. I think it's just like a terrible choice. I thought it was just like, I was like, what? Like after all this, you set up with all these characters in this whole universe and and all these people and all these like supporting characters in his life that i've come to enjoy like his teachers and just this whole world that you've created and then all of a sudden you wipe that clean and you're and it's all gone and you're starting from scratch why why would you do that that's the mcu never does stuff like that and so again it's like oh so we know up there so we thought we were going to lose this character like did we have to write this in a place because of he was going back to sony and like it's such a terrible decision it's such a it's again and it's like he's in his apartment it feels like sam raimi number one you it's like the next scene that we don't see is him going to j jonah jameson and being like can i take photos for you he's not gonna work for alex jones he's gonna go take photos and to something and spell and 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 do like you know and sell photos of spider-man to pay his rent because he's got nothing he's got nobody and it's like i don't want that i've seen that in two different movies two different franchises like you set up this whole different spider-man i that's who i want to see you 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 decided you were going to pivot and do something else so do that and now you're like no you're just gonna, like i'm gonna go we're gonna go back to exactly where it was with spider-man number one in, in the same Raimi verse and even the, the whole his apartment the whole thing feels exactly like spider-man that number one the suit the whole thing it just feels so again like oh we're like we're uh, you know tributing sony this it's like this doesn't feel like that much of of a a plot and story and movie as it does as a as a self-congratulatory uh um tribute to sony what sony did with spider-man i will say before before mike mike gives his thoughts uh the comic book accurate suit is a thumbs up for me um i love the bright blue and uh, so, Mike, I assume we're on the same side here. You kind of, kind of love that ending, right? Oh, I, I thought it was fantastic, and yeah. and obviously, um, the the Zendaya and Jacob Batalon going off to MIT and uh, Peter just letting them go. I thought that was kind of fundamentally a Spider-Man move. That's a Parker yeah. move. That's yes, super yes, Peter Parker. Sure. And I like that scene in the. I like that scene in the. Um, the cafe it's heartbreaking you know mm-hmm. um the problem is i think in here in general and i think it's maybe where we're coming from is that like i'm hearing a lot of what you guys are saying like this is like you know comic book accurate or this has come from the comics and i look i read comics too but for me what i am i'm engaging in is a movie not a comic book right and i'm and, and i'm engaging in what the movie is telling me that you've done so it's like i'm uh, i'm only going by what you're what you're giving no i i haven't finished it it also sets him on his own 
and he has to become Spider-Man on his own. And that's what I want to see. That's what I was saying earlier with the the Tony Stark everything. Like, we never got that in the Homecoming trilogy. We never got Peter Parker as we know him. We got young Peter Parker, dorky Peter Parker, but we never got the the boy from Queens. Six films before that. Yeah, but not this, not this Spider-Man, not in, not with Marvel at the helm, that kind of thing. Hopefully they are. But what, then if, then why just give, then not just give it back to Sony? Like, what is the point of like having Spider-Man in the MCU if he's not going to interact with the MCU? Because you still get Feige, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and who says he doesn't interact with the MCU? Just because they don't remember him doesn't mean they don't interact with him. That's true. Everybody knows Spider-Man exists. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a clean slate. I think it's a really good way to uh, have him stand on his own two feet and and kind of have a fundamentally Spider-Man adventure in New York City, which they haven't really done. They've done like partial, uh, you know, New York Spider-Man, but it's it's like purposely different from everything that's come before, which I loved. Um, but this time you can see him, he's earned it to to have that experience where he's on his own and he has to figure shit out. And I, I really want to see that to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and, and I... I like that. Exactly. I think when I say that it's like the comic books, I mean that in the sense that this is the Spider-Man that I think is like the fundamental Spider-Man. I think that this isn't, I don't, I don't need comic book accurate. I love homecoming and far from home. I love those movies more than any of the amazing or Raimi movies. But like I said earlier, they're not Spider-Man in the fundamental sense. Spider-Man is playing in the MCU. It's almost like Sony was so happy to have the MCU that they overdid it. And what we didn't get were actual Spider-Man stories. And what this does is, yes, it's, it wipes the sleep clean, but it allows for this trilogy to stand on its own. And then a new filmmaker and new writers come in with an older Spider-Man with a new kind of foundation and tell a different type of story. We don't have to have the MCU uh, guys be supporting characters anymore. We can have him, you know, slightly older, maybe darker even. And we don't have to have the same type of, it's not, it's not the fourth homecoming movie. It'll be the first of this new story. And I think that was important because otherwise we're just treading water. We're just spinning our wheels. This gives us a, Again, similar to how Far From Home ends with the secret identity being revealed, this gives us a corner that the next person has to write themselves out of. Um, so what do you do with it? You know, and, and, and what's great about this is kind of the possibilities are endless. Um, you can't use any of the Sinister Six villains anymore. You can't use MJ. You can't rely on that. Can't rely on Ned. You have to focus on Peter and you have to you break You certainly could use Venom. Well, we'll get to that. It seems it Uh, seems that they certainly are. Well, well, that's the other thing is like, if you think, well, I mean, uh, who knows, but like, also like you like it's not MCU connected. You think if 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 Feige's producing those movies, it's not gonna have like all the same stuff again. Well, I, I would hope it doesn't. I would hope that Feige, remember, we're, we're saying Sony, 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 but Kevin Feige still produced these as much as he did Far From Home and Homecoming. So if there's any issues here, we can't just blame Amy Pascal. We have to also throw Feige in there. So I would hope that if um, it, you would assume that they have an idea of where to go with this character next. And I think that this really is them setting up a new status quo, which is great. Like, it would just be like if Iron Man were to suddenly return and it was Tony Stark again, you couldn't just tell 
the same Iron Man stories. You have to be fundamentally different. They just kind of cheated their way to that with another Doctor Strange spell. I don't necessarily like the spell idea. Um, I'm just, I'll accept it because of where it leaves him. Same. I, I guess it just feels like they, they put him in this place and they wrote it there because the Sony and Marvel deal wasn't in place. And so they had to leave him in a safe place where they could, if, if they became true Sony movies again, then they'd be in a good place to do so. For sure. There's no denying that. We, we, this movie isn't told in a vacuum. We, we know that the politics and the business decisions drove a lot of every decision probably that's in here. And of course, if you know Marvel said F you to Sony tomorrow, they could go and keep Tom Holland and pay him a buttload of money and tell their own you know, Spider-Man stories. But if Marvel comes back, they can also just kind of like continue business as usual. Um, and in that sense, or you know, they're never going to do this, but they could just stop telling Spider-Man stories. And this was a nice kind of ending. Um, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but I yeah. honestly, I honestly think that like, if the story ever comes out, it's the story of, of how this movie was made. It's the story of a lot of compromise on the part of Kevin Feige. And it doesn't feel like he's got total creative control on this. He's a guy who doesn't like to repeat himself. So for him to be like, to agree to do like, basically live action spider-verse two years after it happened in a perfect movie it just it just it the whole thing just feels like uh, him just being like all right fine we'll let you have this one well, you let us have him for two movies yeah and 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 you can you can you know i mean what's his face um is already not doing spider-man going forward what? anymore the, the director yes he's moved yeah. on right and who with he hasn't chosen sony he's chosen marvel and yeah. they already said before that their original idea was Craven. So my theory is that him and, and Feige had this whole other direction. They wanted to do something. Then Sony and Marvel fought. Sony pressed. There was a lot of issues. They made this compromise to keep going. And, and they decided to do the Sony story. Um, and then Watch was like, all right, that's fine, but I'm out. And now I'm going to work with Marvel only. And, and I don't have to, like, I don't want to have to compromise my story to anybody else. And I don't know. It feels like a pretty solid theory to me. Allegedly. Feels kind of cynically <laughs> speculative to me. Yeah. So I my my read on the situation is very similar to that. The the writers, um, there was just a variety interview where the writers said that they had a craven story at the beginning, but then there was the fight and they weren't sure where to go with it. And they came up with this idea of um, you know, the the spider-verse of it all. Um, and that's kind of the direction they ran in. I also think that Kevin Feige is a smart guy. And I think Kevin Feige knew it's now or never. If we want the biggest Spider-Man movie of all time, now's the time to do it. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen in the future. So let's do it. And sure, it's probably not the best story that he wanted to tell, but you know, you got to make a billion dollars. This is a way to do it. We've got to rush it with magic, but yeah, we can make it as solid around that as we can. But yeah, I, 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 Hmm. We'll never get the real story, right? But probably not. I yes. think what you're trying to say is I'm not wrong. You're not wrong, but, <laughs> but you're, you're also, also not right. <laughs> yeah. You have a strong theory. I'll I'll give you that. Okay. So let's let's move on here to the the very, very, very end, which are the end credit scenes. Um oh uh one more thing actually before we get to the end credit scene, scenes. Are you okay if the next movie ditches MJ and Ned quickly? Yeah. yeah. I think it kind of has to. Yeah, yeah, at least for a little bit, they need to. He needs to grow without them. Okay. I mean, if you're if you're setting this whole thing up as again, like I, I don't, I don't. My my choices of 
the things that I want to see are mostly just driven by what you set up. So it's like, it's not about what I want to see. It's, it's, it's like, I love Ned and, and MJ. I think they're great, but the story that you already set up is setting up something different. So yeah. no, I don't think they should be in it. Rather, regardless of whether I, I want to see it, I want, I want the writing. I always want the writing to dictate and be true to itself. And this writing has already said, we're starting over. Okay. So in that case, ergo, there shouldn't be in it at all. All right. So this writing also sets up two end credit scenes. Well, one end credit scene, one teaser. We'll get to the teaser in a second. But the the Venom end credit scene has uh, continues from Let There Be Carnage, where Venom is in Mexico because why not? And we can't just keep them out of a movie. Just, just <laughs> dumb, dumb movie. Can, can <sighs> someone can someone fucking explain that stupid? whole thing i mean also i think we should write a whole article about it because it just like i'm like like it just like, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's just gigantic numbing. it's what it's such a gigantic what the fuck like i don't like can someone explain to me because, okay okay so i'm gonna put on my i'm gonna there yeah. i'm gonna put my rodrigo hat on um so what happened was is amy pascal needed to hedge her bets so at the <laughs> end of, of no, no, let no. there so be carnage me, no tell me the tell me the story version not yeah the, the i am i am version. so at the end of let there be carnage Venom, because he just wanted to put his toes in the dirt, because so stupid. They go to Mexico. They profess their love for each other, literally. And then he goes and he says, tell me about space. And then he goes, wibble, wibble, wobble. And then suddenly they're in a different universe. And you're led to believe it's the MCU because on TV is Tom Holland. And you're like, oh, wow, they they multiverse their way to the MCU. Then in this one, he's in the MCU talking to the bartenders, explaining about Hulk and Captain America and the Avengers and Thanos. They're there. He's finally got all the things and he's like, okay, cool. I guess I need to start talking to Peter Parker. And then uh, he goes wibble, wibble, wobble, and he's gone, presumably back to the Sony verse. And he leaves behind just a a dab of venom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was the whole point of brain? Like, so to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. So they can literally separate that out. So. so stupid so they set up this whole thing at the end of venom to be like oh he's joining the mcu you put him in the mcu and you pull him back three seconds later yeah and it's seriously so idiotic so like embarrassing writing like what the hell (laughs) that's a again that's a total sony move that's that's amateur hour sony stuff and like how does that get in there? And then, and then, and then they drop. And then, you know, the 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 the, the teaser on top of the teaser is well, that Venom goes back and a drop of of Venom, uh, of, of Venom, Venom, Venom. Sim, symbiote Venom. is is left behind. <laughs> so, so, Mike, tell me how yeah. Tom Hardy comes back again. Uh, I don't care how Tom Hardy comes back again. We talked I, about it because I was like, oh well, they're not going to have Tom Hardy, and you were like, well, yeah, I mean. Uh, he can always come back. There's always different ways that he could come back, but it he, it doesn't necessarily need Tom Hardy. Right. The symbiote is there. They can st- right. they can tell that story. But if they're going to um, tell Eddie Brock, they could have multiverse Tom Hardy exactly. in both Venom and the MCU. Rodrigo, they could have two Tom Hardys. Yes, but I don't. Um, I don't. So I just don't. Yeah, I don't get. Like they were always. They're always talking about we're going to. We are going to bring you know like our ultimate goal is to have tom hardy and and, and or, or venom and, and spider-man facing off okay there's totally get see, that. ding, that's, ding, ding. Totally that's your differential they wanted venom not tom hardy right so so what are you saying so they're now we're gonna have two venoms we're gonna have the venom franchise yep. with in sony yep. and then you're gonna bring yep. venom over to the mcu 
and he's going to be a different actor and he's going to be a different he's going to be a different version of Venom. Yes, there are multiple versions of Venom in the comics, so they could easily do that. One of which is Flash Thompson, believe it or not. And um, they they could do a a number of things. But I think what it was is the business side is uh, Amy Pascal wanted Venom in the MCU or at least wanted Tom Holland in the Sonyverse. So she got her way with the very vague, let them be carnage end credits. And then Marvel produces it and they said, well, you know, we want Venom, but we don't necessarily want your dumb franchise. So that's what we end up with. Yeah, I, I think it's it's them oh, yeah, God, escaping the, the writing <laughs> that Sony is backing them into. Yeah. The, the corner that they're backing them into. It was almost like a tennis match using Tom Hardy's career as the ball. <laughs> If I was Tom Sony's Hardy, like be, your move, I'd be really embarrassed if I was Tom Hardy by like this, those two credit scenes. It's Dude, so embarrassing. And Tom so Hardy and lost his so... shame when he hopped in a lobster thing in the first of Venom. Oh, that was and, great. That was a great it, scene. It, it is so messy. Ugh, so messy. Yes. And it's it so is very messy. messy. Yeah. And, and, and again, throwing it on top of this, I mean, this is a messy movie. I, I, I don't think you guys can't argue that, even if you love it it's a messy movie there are some shortcuts for sure um so let's talk about the other teaser or the other end credit scene which is this just the dr strange teaser which interestingly enough i will say that rodrigo and i were talking about this movie and i said that it's weird that marvel hasn't had a dr strange teaser and they went back to what they did with captain america one where they showed the avengers teaser as the end credit scene they did that sort of here where they showed the multiverse of madness teaser as the end credit scene of uh, no way home. So we get our first look at this movie, which is coming out in five months. And what do we think? We excited? Yeah. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Ringing endorsement from Mike D'Angelo. Rodrigo, you ready to go back into the multiverse with magic? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this time they got uh, Wanda and and I Naughty mean, Cumberbatch. Was oh, that it, his name? Yes, that's his Naughty name. Cumberbatch. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I was I was kind of excited for uh, when they first announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and it was going to be a Wanda story. Just that I was really excited for. But then it becomes uh, major, major reshoots on on. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which they're uh, they're they're major, and of course they always underplay them when they announce oh, yeah. them because oh, they're yeah. so big. So they're retooling a lot of this movie. Um, I've heard some rumors as to why. Um, it's just never a good sign. Well, you it's, know it's, it's just, real it's, when they have to delay an entire slate of movies. Right, right. They, I mean, they, they didn't do that. Well, there's, like, a, there's another movie, and there's another movie involved. Well, so, yeah, too, which is yeah. Black Panther and all, all the issues all. going on. That, yeah. Yes, but but there is some significant problems with two Marvel movies right now. One is called Doctor Strange Two, and one is Black Panther, and so they had to delay them both by several months. There's clearly a lot of issues. Cumberbatch himself even saying at one point, it takes a lot for these actors to say this sort of thing to be like. Do I even have a motivation here? Like, that was my initial worry about this movie. It's like, is this even a Doctor Strange movie? Uh, yeah, yikes. You know what I mean? Which is, again, sort of a similar yikes to me for, for Spider-Man. It's like, I mean, I guess it's a Spider-Man movie, but it's also throw, uh, throw everything at the, at the wall Spider-Man movie. It's the kitchen sink maximalist Spider-Man. So it just gets me worried again. And then, 
you know, there's the reveal at the end. They, they show the villain of the movie or one of the villains, or depending on how it's going to go. And, and it's the, um, the bad, the evil Doctor Strange from What If. And it's like, oh, okay. So now we're going to do the whole connect to our animated What If series. And we're going to do that. Well, I think again, I, it feels I, a little I, cynical, you know. I want to say like, that that's the reason they got uh, Cumberbatch to do What If, right? Like, I don't think they were just like, man, we love this evil Doctor Strange. Let's throw him in a movie. I think that this was all part of the plan. And they're like, Cumberbatch, you got to voice evil Doctor Strange so that we can bring him into the movies. Yeah, I don't know how. I, I don't I, necessarily again, like I, it. I, I, I feel a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I'm just a little. Hoodwinked. No, not even that. It's just more like, oh, so you're just really going to just start doing what if, and then is what if going to be this sort of, it's like, you can't even have what if be this cool. Like, I mean, what if it's such a great opportunity to just be like, what if, and just do fun, random, crazy things in the MCU that are, that are connected to nothing. And they can't even do that. They ha- it's like, it always has to, it's, everything is a commercial for the next thing. And in one way or another, and it's like, ugh, so... I try not uh, to judge Marvel movies too heavily on their trailers. They've and with reshoots, they've written themselves out of some pretty tight corners uh, in the past. So I, I'm I'm not completely you know given up on on whatever's coming. I'm not giving up on it either. Um, and I, I I'm just a little slightly I'm slightly worried. And and, Mo, and Marvel is kind of post Endgame is kind of like losing their mojo for me. Well, um, they they didn't really start Phase Four off very well with the. Uh, the Black Pan- or Black Widow, uh, Shang Chi, Eternals thing. Who would have thought coming into twenty twenty one that Shang Chi would be the best Marvel movie of the year? Right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it is. Um, but so, what's interesting about this, Rodrigo, is you just spent the last hour telling me how you hate magic and you hate multiverse, and that's basically Doctor Strange too. So I <laughs> am going to be very interested to talk to you in May um, after you see this movie because I am not predicting that you're going to enjoy this very much. Obviously, you'll be you know impartial and you'll judge the movie based on its own merit. But oof. yeah, I mean, I like I, I, the multiverse is always kind of a again a sort of scary thing because it just it creates lots of messiness. It's the same way that the time travel cre- creates messiness and it creates outs. It creates con- convenient writing. It, it gets there's no stakes. So yeah, that stuff does worry me um i think about maybe the only thing that that i'm like okay this is i guess this would be cool because is that to me it's like pretty obvious that that uh we're gonna see Haley atwell as captain carter yeah you know and in, in live action like if yeah. you're setting up if you're setting up him and they've all worked together and stuff then she's probably showing up and i really enjoy her and i think she's a great actress and i really enjoy her and she never really got her 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 due in the mcu because she was always the the foil and just sort of waiting around for Steve. So the love interest. Yeah. So now we're probably going to get a movie where she becomes a pretty significant character. But then again, it's like, how many movie characters does that movie need? You've already got, you know, it's supposed to be a Dr. Strange movie, but you got Wanda, you got American Chavez, who we see. You got uh, Loki Mordo. apparently too, right? I think that's a rumor. Oh. Um, that's definitely not official. Um, and but yeah, that's a rumor that I've heard. Wong. And, and, and then Wong. And then you've also got... Um, um, Rachel McAdams. Uh, <laughs> Rachel McAdams. And, and then you got Evil Doctor Strange. So Baron Mordo. And it's yeah. not necessarily a, a bad thing because we've seen Infinity War and all these things do multiple, multiple characters and do it well. But 
I don't know. It's yeah, it's slightly. When, when you open up the than... what if can of worms in such yeah, a big way with evil, yeah. evil, strange, then suddenly it's like everything from what if could possibly be in there. Yeah, exactly. Everything uh, that we probably we could see, we could. And 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 since like, you know, maybe I'm a lot. Again, a lot of this has been putting stuff on Sony, but like Feige seems, I guess, maybe more open to this stuff. So you know, what else could we see? We could see, you know, who who who. Who do who do they love that we maybe didn't get enough of? So you know, Captain Carter, Killmonger, um, you know, who's supposed to be dead, but you know, I'm sure they'd love to give him a return. Michael B. Jordan um, would definitely come back. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and then it becomes yeah, can of worms kind of gets messy, and there's already before you know one of the biggest rumors of of that movie, even when it was in the nascent stage, like uh, soon after it was announced, and it, when it was just the basics again, the title. Doctor Strange and, and Wanda is that you know they talked about that at some point there's going to be like a lot of cameos so yeah it's supposed it's it's starting to rival upon um what uh No Way Home is becoming this big event movie with all this stuff I mean who's a who's a great cameo that would love to pop up for a second maybe someone called Chris Evans you know what I mean yep like like so yeah, that could wouldn't be you? Fun. Wouldn't you love skinny, skinny Steve Rogers in the Iron Man suit, though? From what if, if Captain <laughs> Carter shows up? Just saying. Oh boy. Um, but also, you know, let's let's not forget the Scarlet Witch aspect too. Will White Vision show up? Will we see like multiversal versions of her? You know, fake dead kids. Um, you know, there's there's a whole WandaVision storyline that we can just pick up in multiverse stuff. Um, so yeah, it. it it looks but like it's a lot of plates to juggle for sure. Yeah. And they've, again, they did it. They've done it. I would say in infinity war and civil war are the best examples of that. They had a lot of characters and those movies are really great and they work really well. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of potential for, for with the multiverse things, it gets a little potential for getting really, really messy. Yeah. So um, before I let you guys go, one last thing about in credits, cause Rodrigo and I talked about them uh briefly beforehand but are 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 in credits even consequential anymore like do they matter do we care are they just for the fans like basically are we done with them yet they've always been this little tease for the fans yeah but they used to be significant right like let's not forget the first one was literally samuel l jackson going to tony stark and saying you know you're part of the avengers initiative like a bunch since then that are just like little itty bitty inconsequential you know for the fans bits yeah are they just commercials like what are they they? kind of are but also they're also kind of functional it really kind of depends they're they're what they need to be for like you know sometimes for example um you know what's what's the movie that has uh is it ant-man that just basically has a scene from civil war in it i think um Uh, yeah it was ant-man where he uh where it was um then they captured bucky I forgot about right. that. And then just, just it's a total it's a it's, it's it's a thing stripped straight from the movie. So I mean they are multiple things but in some cases they're just like functional like what do we need to tease and how do we do it and what what's available to us and you know I, I guess uh I think Doctor Strange 2 uh as a teaser which they haven't done in a long time is you know i don't know if it's if it's like hey it's about time we did that i think it's more like functional and practical like a 
let's get a free trailer in our in a sony movie <laughs> you know what I mean? because it's like it, it's it's not a it's not a marvel movie i mean they that's are getting true 25 of it but it is a sony movie so it's like okay not only are we going to get a trailer we're going to get a like you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna get a free trailer in a sony movie so i think that on that some level it's like that practical canny kind of thing and then there's the fact that, you know, it's coming out in a few months and we haven't seen anything. So it's kind of the perfect time for it. Anyhow, like we're cut, we, if, if Spider-Man No Way Home didn't exist and wasn't be coming out, we would probably see a Doctor Strange trailer around this time anyhow, right? Yeah. It also, I think it's a function, these two in particular being so underwhelming for me. Like, I don't, you know, if I'm going to sit around through all the credits and there are a lot of credits to these movies, you got to give me more than a dumb Tom, Tom Hardy Venom thing that erases <laughs> the last one. And then a teaser that I would have saw on the internet tomorrow anyway. Um, so I think though, what's interesting about this is when we get a movie that tells a story with a definitive ending, the end credit scenes always seem kind of shitty. Like look at Black Widow, like the ending was the ending. And one of the scenes was literally them, you know, setting up Yelena to fight Hawkeye, which is like, oh, good. And then here you got like the Tom Hardy thing and the Doctor Strange thing, because really you can't tease more for Peter Parker. So right. I was yeah. going to say, like, what do you, what do you want to see? Because this thing, yeah. this this thing ended. Right. And it yeah. really let's ended. also let's also reveal your bias. Venom and Doctor Strange are very low on the totem pole. For oh, you. yeah. Oh, yeah. So those I weren't going to light up your life anymore. No, no. I, you know, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy seems like a lovely man, but the Venom movies are hot garbage. And um, the uh, Doctor Strange I've seen once. The only Marvel movie I think I've only seen once. So I like Doctor Strange. Yeah. It is a bit, terrific, I never, but I like it. I never, I never cared for that character until those movies. So it's like, to me, it's, I'm, 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 I'm never, uh, I don't have allegiances to the comics or, or properties or, or past or whatever. It's just like set up what's thing. And if it turns out to be something I like, it turns out to be something I like. I never had any interest in that character until these movies. But until like Avengers, like his movie doesn't, I couldn't tell you what happens. In his, his movie. Movie, his, Dormammu, his, I came to make a bargain. That's it. That yeah. first movie is not great. No, but, um, he gets better and better a long way. I mean, yeah. they they really made him a lot better as as the what he's been in four or five movies now. Remember when Taika Waititi put him at the end of Thor and he was wearing yellow gloves? Yeah, that was fun. And he was fantastic in that movie too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was actually in that movie. Yeah, he's been yeah. in a number of these things. Good for Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, he's so yeah, I mean, he's fine. His beard looks wonky in the teaser though. They, they gotta they, they gotta work on up, that beard they messed up his hair in this one what do you mean it's different i don't know do you not have the white it's no, the like white. it's like flattened or something his hair is, is completely different in this one i mean he's always been goofy looking i don't know he's such a silly <laughs> character um guys. yeah he yeah okay so uh let's wrap up here i i think we've gotten kind of uh meta about all the the marvel and sony things too much um any last thoughts on this movie that we watched um anything that we haven't exhaustively covered yet other than to say i still think it's a a very fun epic you know treat for fans that have been watching this since they were yeah you know like me like they were since they were 15 or whatever the first one came out when i was i think that age so uh, to see it all kind of culminate in this was was enjoyable for me i thought it was a lot of fun yeah same ditto i if you love the spider-man movies if you're a big nerd about them like i am then you're gonna love this there's just Mm -hmm. no two ways around it you will not leave disappointed um and or rodrigo think, hates as, 
or if you think force awakens was the really bad beginning of this legacy sequel idea where everything has to be like throwing back to your own past and including all your old people and and just doing that over and over again and now that everyone seems to want to do to try to create that kind of movie it sort of set this really bad trend and precedent and it hurts stories and it hurts movies Ah, you're gonna have to show me on the doll where the force awakens touched you rodrigo (laughs) i don't (laughs) It, it, it was the it, what what moment was it? I don't know. It was whatever greatest hits remix that they Chewy did. Chewy were to, home to like. I don't know. I don't, it just uh, no. Uh, these I agree. Can can be done well, but I, it's just the uh, that trend really. I mean, God, Ghostbusters, Jesus Christ. Well, like, just, <laughs> I was going to mention also, Ghostbusters. I also enjoyed Ghostbusters. That's the reason I didn't see Ghostbusters. I still haven't seen it. Is because people started saying, "Well, it's just basically the Force Awakens," and I'm like, "Oh, I already know that movie. Cool, I can skip this one." It's basically yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Uh, in no way is Ghostbusters a Force Wagons, but that's a total different <laughs> conversation. This okay. includes part two of our podcast. It's <laughs> over into another Sony Legacy sequel <laughs> delivered all but three weeks after the first one. Oh, boy. Rodrigo, you're not going to, Sony is not your friend right now. Boy. I just, yeah. I just can't. I, I, look, I, I'll put it this way. I don't want to be this way, but I can't unsee what I see. Yeah. No, I know. You're just telling it like it is. For the 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 logo you use for this uh, podcast, you should put Rodrigo sitting in a corner with his arms crossed, <laughs> just glaring. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, he's like he re- Rodrigo. You're the J. Jonah Jameson of this podcast. Um, <laughs> all right, and uh, with Alex that, Jones. I don't, I, get, I, don't, I don't really get that. You're one, just angry sure. at the world. That's yeah. all. I just want the world to be better. That's all. (laughs) You see it for how it really is, Rodrigo. You want it to unmask itself. You see the deep state involved in this whole Sony Marvel stuff. All right. I don't know where you're going with any of that, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for joining me to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, we, We give it all A pluses around the board. And um, we will be back next week to talk about other things. Maybe matrices related. Ooh. Yeah, bye.